Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Everybody, welcome to another episode of True Crime and Cocktails Unsolved Mysteries Edition. How's everybody feeling? How are your hearts? I hope they're full. My name is Laura Nash, and as always, I am joined by my co-hostess with the mostess, the intrepid internet researcher, Christy Oxborough. How you doing? I'm great. I mean, we all... Well, I mean, slow down. It's not that... <laughs> it's not that... I mean, it's... It is what it is. This year is... It's coming to a close, but... I know last episode, well, I am, I should just get out of the way. I am far more sober than I was in the previous time that I saw you. Yeah. That was. Yeah, you hooted and you nanny. You hooted and you nanny. full hoot and nannied. It was, <laughs> it was, it was a lot. Like, l- listening back to it after, I did not remember a lot of that. <laughs> so. I love that so much. And I said to Christy when we were texting about this before, I was like, it was nice because it was a real role reversal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And don't uh, like TV shows normally do that every once in a while. Yeah. they like You know, you got to throw that in. Yep. Totally. uh, I guess that was ours. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens with me and cocktails and how much further I get. But like. Well, you just yeah. did a shoulder shimmy, so I did. it's seeming to me like you're on board, which I love. Well, I, I said I'm sober. I didn't say I wasn't a badass bitch. <laughs> I want anyone who, who maybe hasn't listened to the Hoot Nanny yet, if you go back, the drinking game is what we established in the episode, which is anytime we say Hoot Nanny drink. But I'd yeah. also like you to drink anytime Christy says bitch, because I think you're going to find... You're gonna you're gonna have a few toots on the old cocktail by the time you're done if you're playing that drinking yeah. game. There is just something really, really empowering for me, I guess, about saying it. I get I I've always said it, but 
there's just something wild that comes out. The microphone gets put in front of me. The ring light goes on and suddenly this bitch comes out and I don't know how to stop it. And I don't want you to. Don't stop it. I'm living for it. As long as I don't talk about the cats again because that, that was, was a- amazing i can't wait for the fan feedback about the cat rant what's amazing also is that christy said to me like do you think we should cut it and i was like no <laughs> <laughs> i just remember at the time yeah. like you're in it and i i totally know that being in that place where it's <laughs> like i've got this thing and i gotta tell this story and i watched the clock and i was like i think it was a six minute conversation and by conversation i mean diatribe (laughs) monologue monologue Monologue. (laughs) because i kept checking in going she can't possibly still be going she is she is she is but you know what yeah you know what i like about that there's a few things i like about that one your passion about the cats that speaks to me two that you know you were doing your thing and i was just happy to be here i'm just happy to be a part of it that's the second thing and three you know, I like that that now because because listen, I, it's no secret to anyone that when we came into this, I perhaps had a performing background. You did not, you know, uh, that's yeah, just yeah. Just, just a fact. And I I mean, listen, it makes my heart sing to see you just go talk <laughs> monologue for six minutes about your cats, because to me, yeah, that's proof you're comfortable. And then I've done my job. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and then I sang into the microphone and swung it around. So I just. <laughs> one may say a little a little too comfortable <laughs> some say i've created a monster i say i've created a unicorn oh that's beautiful i was gonna say some may say i always was one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh no that's not true at all not even yeah. close not even close. Mm. But yeah, listen, I think it was fun. You know what? Honestly, on this show, so often, you know, you're about all, you're, you've got the info. You're the researcher. You've got yeah. the facts and you've got to get through them. And I find in general, if I'm imbibing, uh, if I have a goal, like if I have something to do, I can kind yeah. of keep my wits about me. But it's, the, the second it's over, good night, nurse. So sure. this is really your first opportunity to really turn it off and not have to worry about like keeping keeping your head clear which is great again listen and it was my time to shine for the cocktails like at one point I was like do you have the recipe and you're like ah and I was like wait a minute I do like I'm prepared for once I have the info this time it was good for me too is what I'm saying (laughs) it was good for me too we both got to uh walk in the other one's shoes yep and test out that ride we both spread our wings and we flew some in a straight line. <laughs> some smashed, some smashed into the ground, I think. <laughs> no. Smashed is definitely a word I would use to describe that. But yeah. Well, yes, true. Very yeah. true. Yeah. But listen, it was it was a hoot. And don't pardon that pun. I had a great time. I thought it was a, oh, I yeah. had a, a real laugh. And that's really a gift to me in my life. From what I remember, such a good time. Oh boy. The other thing, and listen, I, I wasn't going to reveal this, but now that we're into it, I think it's fun. The other thing was, is that, you know, we are a completely independently produced podcast. We do yes. everything ourselves. The only thing we don't do ourselves is we do have someone edit the episodes for us. A, yeah. because we don't have that ability, like, or that know-how, I should say. <laughs> yeah. And B, even though we we could learn it, 
we do not have the time. No. You know, Christy's putting in literally 80 plus hour weeks researching, doing all of our social media, doing all the uploads, making all the promo videos. Like it is beyond a full-time job for her. Yeah. Um, And then I, I have a crazy full-time job too uh, at the moment anyway, that, that requires a lot of hours for me too. So all of this to say, is the one thing that we do outsource is the editing. And I got a frantic email from him this past week that was like, there's a chunk of Christie's audio that just doesn't exist. Like, it's just not there. And I was like, really? And he goes, yeah, like, right from when you guys took the break for about 20 minutes. And I was like, oh, my gosh. There was something that had happened at the time. And at some moment, you had not hit something. And then you went, oh, my gosh, something's not recording. Like, I remembered something like that happened. Long story short, we managed to Frankenstein it together, which was not a problem, <laughs> as we always record a backup audio, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, which is great. So, again, I don't think any of you, dear listeners, will notice. That's our goal that you didn't notice. But it was funny to me that it was not put on. Anybody who thinks maybe Christy was hamming it up <laughs> for the podcast, like, I just want to go on record as saying it was all real. <laughs> I can never meet him in person. I, of all the things, like, I just think, like, we've met, we've referenced this before, but there was that episode where we just, we drank too fast. Yeah. And our, like, 30-somethings bladders were like, no, I don't like that. So I was like, I've got to pee. I'm so sorry. And I left my microphone going (laughs) while I, like, skipped to the bathroom, which is, like, five feet away. And left the door open because I was in a real, a real rush. Yeah. So, and the fact that like he hears all of this because I start recording my audio backup earlier than of I course. record like the video. So, yeah. oof. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, he does, he, if anyone yeah. does see behind the curtain, let's put it that way. And, yeah. and a gentleman has never brought it up to me, has never said anything if anything, that's... he just sent me a message saying it's been a pleasure. So, so bless him. Oh, that's bless him. nice. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Great guy. Great guy. Very, very, yeah. very grateful. Now, listen, this, of course, is our first of two fan theories episodes because guess what, Buttercups? There was so many fan theories that it's been very difficult for us to narrow it down. So we're, we're trying to narrow it down into two episodes we're still not going to cover them all but don't worry because obviously we've got more episodes of the show coming which means we'll have more opportunities for more of your theories which we love and so this is of course fan theories volume one and you know christy has compiled just kind of an assortment of some some fun ones because again you all really came out with some great theories i'm very excited to get into these um now it should also be noted that we did mention before if you had uh, uh, specific pronouns you wanted us to use when we read your theories to please let us know. Now, as far as I know, I don't think anybody has in this batch anyway. Let right. us know that there was anything specific. So therefore, I'm, I'm just prefacing by saying that's why we're approaching this in this way. And if, if we're talking about a gal, that's that's how we're approaching it. If we're referring to the person, we'll probably use a pronoun because we haven't been instructed otherwise. But I just wanted to put that out there. We're not yes. making assumptions. And as we go forward, if you have a theory that you're emailing to theories at truecrimecocktails.com and you have a specific pronoun you'd like us to use, just let us know in the email. We're more than happy to oblige. Yeah. So should we... I mean, listen, I'm excited about all of these. It should also yeah. be noted... This is airing December 29th, correct? It is. 
which means we are on the cusp. We are dangerously close to New Year's Eve when listeners yeah. are listening to this, if they're listening to it on release day. Yeah. Uh, if you're listening to it, maybe they're listening to it in the next year. Maybe in, they're in the future, which is exciting for you because that means that 2020 is officially over. What a gift. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I mean, not to be... <laughs> Okay, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna full on quote you right out the gate, devil's advocate. <laughs> but not to freak anyone out, but yeah. like, what happens if 2021 comes along, and we get a few months in, and suddenly we go, oh my god, I wish it was 2020 again. You know, I have been like haunted by that for weeks. I have been thinking, mm-hmm. get out of my anxiety brain because I have been thinking that exact thing for weeks. I'm like, oh my God, yeah. we're building up this new year into such a huge thing yeah. that it's like, oh yeah, F 2020, blah, blah, blah. What if it's worse? I've been thinking that exact same thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I'm glad we have each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I was just going to say, let's play a fun game and list all the things that could be worse. But then I realized that's not a fun game at all. And no one wants to hear that at <laughs> all. Um, but I will say, you know, I think in general, just when you think in my, you know, existence, and I've had a very blessed life, don't get me wrong, very privileged life in many ways. But I've been through it uh, in, in quite a few different ways uh, over the course of my life. And what I'll say is, is that something I've learned is never think that it can't get any worse. <laughs> Because yeah. the second you think yeah. this can't get any worse, it will. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that you know? uh, that's usually the uh, what what gets you is being yeah. like, oh, okay, that's such a relief. It's over. Yeah, and then it's like, I'm right here. <laughs> Just kidding. You know? yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, are you a New Year's Eve fan? Um, I mean. New Year's Eve for me now is considerably different than New Year's Eve when I was like 21. When I was like, when I was younger, like just. Oh no. When I, when I. I can't uh, tell if that's laughter or tears. (laughs) It's a fine line. I think it's a little bit of both. Got it. They're the most memorable time. I mean, obviously the the, uh, New Year's we shared together where we fell asleep and slept through midnight. Yep. Through a party. Yes. Uh, but the joke is the party forgot to pay attention to the time and didn't realize midnight had passed to like 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. And so then they started the noisemakers and everything. And I think at that point we'd woken up and we're like, oh, it's New Year's. No, no, we were late. That is one of my uh, most memorable New Year's. But I, I, I think the top, and I'm not saying it's a good memory. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I, I I had a bit to drink. Shout out for anybody uh, in town that listens to this. Shout out to the Rock and Royal. Now, uh, that, yes. that bar was, uh, forgive me, but that bar was a bit of a hole in the ground. But it was our hole in the ground. You know, we loved it. And bless it, it no longer exists. It's now just a, just a vacant lot, which is just no. devastating it oh, is wow. it is well, that's sad it is I, I mean there's so many times in the last like few months that I'm like I wish more than anything that I could just head there for a few hours I'd be way too old to be there but 
I would still head there. Then we'd go across the street to the Brunny. Am I right, folks? Not the point. That was a little, uh, <laughs> that was a little uh, bit for the Moose Jaw folks. Now, can I ask a question? Yeah. I'm so sorry to interrupt. But was, no, it no. Ro- was it the Royal or was it Champs that we went to on your bachelorette night? Was it the Royal? Uh, we would was have gone both? to the, we went to the Royal first. That's right. Because you, you either start there or you end there. It's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we went the there first. That was it on its way out. That was the bar yeah. where this guy came up to me and said, you're the most beautiful woman in here. And I said, thank you. And he goes, would you like me to walk you to the bar so you can buy yourself a drink? And I was like, <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> I mean, he swung. He swung. He, swung. he definitely swung. He Just... swung. Swing big and miss big. Um, yeah, anyway, absolutely. So continue. Yeah. I'm sorry I interrupted. No, uh, it's probably for the best. This story should not be heard, especially. I people... can't wait. I don't even know if I know where this is going. Oh, God. It was New Year's Eve. I had been working a lot. I was, I think at the time I was doing, working two jobs. So I was working all the time, working crazy shifts. And so I, I needed a, I needed to let loose. And I let loose. I, I, I met a gentleman. I think I, uh, there was, there was some, there was some making out. Sure. At the bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, which which got very heated and we forgot where we were. And suddenly, my shirt was unbuttoned. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> now, I don't recall much of what ha- happened after that until the police came. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! But they understood that I, deep down, I'm a good girl. I was just so hammered. Uh, so those lovely gentlemen offered me a ride home. Granted, I'm obviously not going to go in the front. So they did. Uh, I did get put in the back of a cop car, but like they opened the door to let me in. It's not like they put me you in. You weren't you know. in cuffs. No. Got it. But I do have the very distinct memory. I can see the man's face as he handed me my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and... <laughs> They drove me home. They were like, we just want you to be safe. And I was like, that's so great. And then I went inside. Cut to 15 plus years later. Gonna, I'm going to say almost 20 years later. Yeah. And I'm at uh, pre-K dropping off my youngest son for his first day orientation. And I see a gentleman and I'm like, Whew, he's, he, he's in my brain somehow. I'm like, that guy's kind of familiar. And I'm like, I must know him from something. It's a small town. You never know. But I'm like, whatever, I'll let it go. And then uh, every time I see him, I'm like, ah, he's, he's always very nice to me. Just like, hey, how's it going? You know, like he would. And I'm like, I just, I know him from somewhere. And then uh, the teacher posts a photo that's like, hey, look, we had these uh, people come in and talk to the kids. And I was like, great. And they were like, we, uh, they had like a firefighter came in at one point to talk to the kids about fire safety. And they had, uh, they had police come in to talk to the kids and whatever, show them if you're in trouble, go to police. They're nobody to be feared kind of thing. And I looked at the photo and saw the gentleman in his police uniform and it all came rushing back. Oh my God. He handed, he handed me my shirt and drove me home. So... Uh, that was a different New Year's than what I experience now. I mean, 
now my brother-in-law comes over and we watch uh, a British game show kind of thing called the Big Fat Quiz of the Year. Uh, shout out to the Brits who watch that and shout out to Noel Fielding because I love him. I don't know why I constantly <laughs> feel the need to shout people out. Uh, and we watch that. And then if there's time, yeah, maybe we'll like play a game. And then it's like, well, it's now mid like 1201. All right, well, bye. <laughs> and off to bed we go. Like he leaves, we go to bed. That's it. So my, my, my New Year's Eve's have changed a little. Yeah. Yeah. I have yeah. a couple of follow-up questions. <laughs> No, One. he does not seem to remember me. <laughs> if that's or he's just being a gentleman. And if I've learned anything from this story, it's that he seems to be a police officer with a heart of gold in this case because he seems like a gentleman. I, I've um, considered that maybe he's just deep down proud that thinking I gave her a ride home and look what's become of her. She's a mom. She's got a child. He's so proud that I turned my life around. <laughs> I mean, it's not like you were, like, on meth. I mean... No, well, he didn't <laughs> know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, true, yeah. true. It should also be noted it was, you know, it was a small town. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the police... Well, this leads to me to my to question two. Yeah. Which was... Or was that question one? God, I'm only, I'm only two glasses of wine in, and it's already... The rails... We're off the rails. <laughs> uh, this is my question. Were the yeah. police called specifically because you were getting naked in the bar? Or was it just a coincidence? I do not have an actual answer for that. But I don't believe so because they were well known for they come in, they do a round, and then they leave. And by that, I mean they walk around. They don't, like, do shots or anything. Like, they come in, they check things out because it's a small town. That particular bar was known for the odd, if I may, scuffle. Uh, mm -hmm. so they just would stop in at the bars, just make sure that, uh, everything's going okay, you know? Got it. My, my next question is, you were wearing a button down? <laughs> <laughs> Do you like that that's one of the things that stuck out to me? I'm like, no. did you come straight from work? Like, why were you wearing no. a, like, were um, you wearing a blouse? Well, <laughs> here's, here's the thing. And you'll, um, it'll make more sense. So at the time, one of the places I was working at, uh, was a, particular clothing store and partway into working there they were like oh yeah by the way we've changed things so now you have to wear our clothes while you're working here and I was like oh, okay but they I didn't like a lot of the stuff that they had there it wasn't my style I was I would just rather have like a baggy jeans and a band t-shirt just say it. I was gonna say just say it. you would prefer to be a little more rock and roll the joke is I was going to say punk, but I reeled it back because <laughs> I was like, I've never been a punk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was, I was more rock and roll than this clothing store. So I was like, not into it. So one time they get a shipment in of these shirts and it's like a long sleeved button down shirt. And it was like a stretchy material and it was soft and it felt nice. And I put it on and I came out of the change room and I would have hit on myself if it was possible. <laughs> I, look, I looked great. And I was like, oh, that's nice. Like that, it was like form fitting in the right way. It hid things it was supposed to. Like it was a beautiful, that once in a lifetime magic shirt. So I'm like, I'm going to buy that. And so 
yeah, you wear it to work and suddenly you want to go to the bar, just boop, boop, two buttons undone <laughs> and away, away you go. Of course. You, you, you literally went day to night. You day to nighted that blouse. I love it. I did. I did. I mean. You day to night to late what, night. What, <laughs> and what a night. <laughs> oh, oh, just rough. Yeah, I'm going to probably really regret telling that for the amount of people I know that may no. hear this but yeah listen fine. you were it's young fine. you were what oh, 21 ev- come on everybody does ridiculous things when they're yep. young and that just that was one of the things I did and it's just his face stuck in my brain because he was very kind and attractive uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah uh-huh. and so when I saw him again at the school I was like have I hit on him before? Like, I'm like, I kind of recall him, but like in a haze. Yeah. And it's like, the answer is I probably did. But I don't recall much of that. But yeah. they were they were very kind. I assume it was just like, there's nothing else going on. They were obviously very concerned about my welfare, yeah. which is lovely. It's nice yeah. to hear a nice cop story, you know? So Totally. Well, listen, here's a fun fact about old Ash here, which is I hate New Year's Eve. I hate New Year's Eve with the fire of a thousand suns. And I'm going to tell you why. Pressure. Too much much pressure. It's too much pressure. And people say, oh, it's about spending the money. It's not about that. Because I don't mind spending money if it's a if it's a fun experience or a, you know, a crazy meal or something. This is obviously not in COVID times. But I mean, I don't necessarily want to spend more money, but my point is, is that it's it's less about that for me, like the actual cost, as yeah. it is about the pressure for it to be epic. Mm-hmm. Because, listen, I've said this to you before, you and I would have fun in a slaughterhouse. You know what I mean? Like, you and I, yeah. I, I'll be with you anywhere. To me, it's, you know, good times are about the people that you're with as opposed to what the activity or, or whatever is. And I just feel like New Year's Eve is always rife. With people trying to like, we've got to have a big party. We've got to go do some big thing. It's got to be memorable. Mm-hmm. It's got to be huge. And 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 it's for me, it's just it's too much. The other factor is that for me, I have an unfortunate birthday, and I'm going to tell you why. And I shout out to anyone else who has a birthday in this range, but a December to March birthday. I'm, I'm speculating. Mine is February 4th. And I can speak yeah. for myself. Where here's why it's a challenge. You got Christmas. And then six weeks later, you got my birthday. And then 10 days after that, you got Valentine's Day. So also yeah. keep in mind, in the middle there is New Year's Eve. So keep... And, and my, my lovely boyfriend currently, our anniversary is December 5th. So think about this rundown. December 5th anniversary december 31st new year's eve february 4th birthday (laughs) february 14th valentine's day and listen then the rest of the year you know it's there isn't as for for me anyway there on my side of it there isn't but it's like you've crammed so many things it's just such a short period of time and listen listeners tell me if i'm wrong if you have a birthday between like december 1st and march 1st because i bet you people feel the same thing that i do which is like with christmas new year's your birthday and valentine's day all close together that's rough yeah i mean i as a child 
I felt the, obviously not the Valentine's portion, but I felt the, my birthday is a month before Christmas. Right. So it's like, I get my birthday, a month later we get Christmas, and then I wait 11 months. (laughs) You know, it was (laughs) kind of how it seemed. And my children, the poor, poor bastards, one is born the end of January. One is born no like mid to late November. And then you get the one lucky jackass that is born in the summer. So he gets all the like Christmas and birthday are so far apart. He doesn't even think about it. He doesn't even realize how lucky he is. So I feel a little bit of the it's a lot in the small span. But of course, once New Year's Eve is over for me, then it's like, eh, well, now it's over until like my husband's birthday in March. And people are like, but you're married. There's Valentine's Day. And it's like, yeah, but I'm married and I have children. So we basically high five each other and move on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, listen, that's the one thing that also is, is what's, you know, unique to me, which is I hate New Year's, but I love Valentine's Day. And the reason I love Valentine's Day is I love love. I love Mm -hmm. all kinds of love. I love friendship love. I love family love. I love romantic love. I love love. And I, you know, people talk about how it's like a made-up holiday. And I'm like, yeah, but isn't every holiday technically a made-up holiday? Like, to me... You know, I, I understand that people are like, well, it was developed to like sell greeting cards and chocolate and whatever. But mm-hmm. let's also just take a minute to remember that now we have holidays for literally everything. So I think Valentine's yeah. Day is kind of getting lower on the list of those, you know, top offenders for fake holidays, quote unquote. But yeah, I love Valentine's Day, which is I know feels incongruous to me hating New Year's Eve, but that's just the truth. But I have had some good New Year's Eves. Obviously, the one that we spent together was amazing and hilarious. I hold that one very dear. Uh, Other Valentine's, other, see, I go to Valentine's Day immediately. Other New Year's I've had have included not this past one, but the one before. Um, My best friend, Leslie Seiler, uh, other best friend, friend of the podcast, she had to work. And so I spent New Year's Eve with her husband. (laughs) The two of us in my home. Literally, I think we like ordered food. We were like watching a movie. It was midnight. We like cheers from across the room. And then she got home, I think at like 1.30 or something. And we had a couple drinks and went to bed. Um, So that gives you an idea of like what I, what my usual kind of caliber of of New Year's are. I, I used to have to work on New Year's a lot when I was doing live shows at the second city we would have to work and you would literally be on stage for the countdown and people would pay to come to watch the show and like do the countdown which again i i mean i guess that's a thing um i when i was touring with the second city prior to that we would often have to go and do shows on new year's eve so it's always kind of been like a non-holiday for me my question to you and to the listeners let us know what you think what's your stance on new year's eve weddings Because I have two thoughts about it. Mm -hmm. One, I'm irritated that I'm like, don't tell me what to do with my New Year's. But two, because I hate New Year's, I'm like, oh, this is a good excuse to do something else. So I'm very conflicted. Sure. I do know somebody who got married on New Year's. And I, my, the only, I mean, if, if any of you got married on New Year's, congratulations. Yeah. And that's, it's to each their own. Uh, To me, I don't care for it. Mm -hmm. Now, as somebody who got married on a holiday weekend, (laughs) I have no, no leg to stand on in this situation. But forcing your guests 
to choose if they're going to spend their that very holiday with you or, you know, go and do what they normally would do. That's a lot. Like, I, I stand with myself is, like, I feel like I gave them the rest of the weekend off, you know, like... Well, it should also be noted, you got married on Labor Day weekend, right? Yeah. So there's, a, I mean, Labor Day and New Year's, I mean, no shade to Labor Day, but, you know, oh, I, I mean, that's that's the yeah. that's the Chloe Kardashian of the group. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm kidding. I love Chloe. I love yeah. her. I love her. She was very nice. I, I have no shade. It's just a joke. Yeah. It's just a no, joke. I, uh, I get it. Plus, I, I justify it with, again, I got married, like, like on a Saturday I I didn't take the Monday from everybody. Everybody got the Monday too anyway. So like, go have at it. Whereas oh yeah, New Year, I don't even New Year's Eve is such a, like a big, big event. I just yeah no I don't know I don't, I don't even care think, for it personally. I don't think that you could compare your Labor Day wedding to a New Year's wedding because again it wasn't on the Monday. That would be a different story. Right. Yeah. yeah. But again, for those who are listening that maybe did have a New Year's Eve wedding, I'm not opposed to it. Because, again, for me, as somebody who, like, I hate the pressure, that would actually t- be nice for me because it would take the pressure off. But then it's like, well, I got to go to this wedding, so I can't worry about anything else. Like, I don't hate yeah. that. That makes yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. But I, I'm, I'm racking my brain, again, for other New Year's uh, memories. And, gosh, they're just so few and far between. And I'm, I'm sure and certain there's friends of mine who are going to listen to this and be like, you monster, we had a great New Year's. And <laughs> I apologize now for that. But what I will say about this New Year's, what I'm looking forward to, is yeah. uh, Leslie and her husband uh, and my boyfriend and I, the four of us have been a bubble from the very beginning of COVID. We don't see anybody else. Now, obviously, I go to work every day, but I'm also tested every day literally every day my nose is in tatters anyway um it's good it's good to be safe but uh so the four of us have been together from the beginning so the four of us we're talking about doing some sort of feast shocker and uh one of the activities is burning writing down on paper things that you want to let go of and burning them and i love this activity this feels like such a wiccan yeah like dance under the moon kind of yep this feels right right yeah 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 i like that a lot. so i'm looking forward to that i'm looking forward to you know to writing those things down burning those papers sending them out into the ether feels very healthy to me yeah what a great metaphor right you know so i like it i like it i mean god i wish we had something fun planned but we're gonna do the same thing we do every year but without the brother-in-law because we are currently our province has locked us down to private gatherings of five people or less and as a household of five people we are not allowed guests. So, and they've now just pushed this through. They were going to think about whether we were going to be able to over Christmas or not. And they've just let us know it's a big no. We are locked with, we got who we got and we will just see through the new year this way. And it's just, we're still assuming that they did one. We're still going to watch the big fat quiz. It's a favorite thing of ours. We love it so much. Uh, well, so we'll still watch that. And then, uh, I don't know, <laughs> like yeah. we, we have nothing, we have nothing big planned. And my husband is definitely not the write something down and burn it kind <laughs> of a person. So yeah, it's, it's far, it's a, you know, yeah. listen, I get it. It's new agey, it's hippie-ish, but listen, I like to yeah. dabble in all those things. I love it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Maybe we'll sage ourselves too. Who knows? The sky's the limit. Yeah. Also, uh, before we move on very quickly, you were doing yeah. shout outs. Shout out to Eric. And I'm going to tell you why. This is Christy's brother-in-law. And I'm going to tell you why. Shout out to Eric. Mm-hmm. This is a test. To find, out, to find out if he listens to the show. So oh, there you go. Interesting. <laughs> uh-huh. We'll find out. We'll know. Are we going to get a message? We'll see. What else the, is he doing? The Come joke on. is he could hear it and then just not say anything. He could hear it and chuckle to himself and just, that's it. Well, and then that would you be, know? that would be borderline mentally abusive. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> but seriously, though, we're shouting him out, so he better respond. Anyway, I'll hold it against him if he doesn't. I know. Uh, anyway, listen, I hope all of you had a great New Year's Eve. I know it's a very strange year, as we, we've talked about before on this show, and, and we hope that if you're bored, if you're lonely, if you don't have anything to do, that you're taking us and, and, and having a little bit of a break from, from whatever it is that you're doing or not doing and having a laugh with us, having a drink with us, because it makes us feel like, you know, we're a part of your holiday as well. So let's get into the fan theories. So excited. Um, this first one, I'm just going to dive right in. This is about Please. Missing Witness. Now, again, this is just as a reminder, we'll give you a little bit of a, a recap again about Missing Witness because you're like, all of them run together. What is the name of all of them? Which one was that? <laughs> all right. So we're talking, of course, about Missing Witness. This was episode three. Uh, the recap is that after killing her husband, Gary, Sandy enlists her daughter, Lena's help to get rid of the body. Racked with guilt, Lena confesses to Gary's brother. But when the police try to intervene, Sandy gets lawyers involved. When Lena is turning 21 and finally able to testify against her mother, she mysteriously disappeared. Sandy claims that Lena ran off with a boyfriend, but no one has seen or heard from her since. And it should be noted that at the time of her disappearance, and this plays into this theory... Lena was engaged, right? She, she did have a fiance that she did live with. And uh, basically he came home one day and Sandy, of course, who we do, we do know pretty much who has already killed her husband, Gary. We're, we're, I mean, there's, we can say it. She's done it, right? You know, yeah. she's not done any time for it, for example, but we know that she's done it. Anyway, he comes home, Lena's fiance, finds her mother, Sandy, and she says, oh yeah, Lena ran off with some other guy. And her fiance went, okay, bye. And that's basically that. So that brings us to our first fan theory. This is from yeah. Jessica. And Jessica said, I really agreed with what Lauren was saying about the fiance. If my fiance up and disappears, I'm not just going to believe this crazy mom. I'm going to ask some questions, send some texts. Texts. We already know that Sandra liked younger men and had a habit of engaging in adultery. What if she had something going on with the fiancé and convinced him they should take care of Felina and then raise her son as their own? This would solve her two biggest headaches. Never having a song. Never having a son, son. I think that meant. <laughs> never having a son and having a daughter that knows she's a murderer. After they get rid of her body, the fiancé gets understandably freaked out because he just committed murder. He can't go to the cops unless he also wants to be arrested. So instead, he just takes off and separates from the family entirely. I love this theory mm -hmm. so much. I think there is some real plausibility here. Is plausibility a word? Absolutely. <laughs> Great. So many things. Yes, we do know that Sandy was into much younger men. She had that yeah. MO. We know that her, you know, she she's dated and married men who are younger than her. To me, it just didn't hold water that she would just say, hey, oh, sorry, 
your fiance ran off with another man and he go, okay, bye bye. Like that just did that. That seemed like a detail in the episode of Unsolved Mysteries that just didn't make sense to me. I was like, again, and and to your point you made, I believe in the episode, you said, you know, well, I don't know how long they had been together. Maybe it was a quicker engagement. True, true. Very fair. But even then, it just felt fishy to me. And I, this is, I love this theory because I think there could be something into, into this where, Maybe there was a relationship between Lena's fiance and Lena's mother. Who knows? Maybe they did have something to do and work together with the disappearance. It would also make sense, as Jessica has said, that he can't go to the cops, even if he gets freaked out, because he's also implicated in the crime. This, I don't know. I think that this is a really strong theory. Because there was also something in that episode, I believe, that there was a huge bloodstain in the carpet, right? Yeah. It was like, uh, the quote was like, oh, it looks like someone killed a dog in here. Right, yeah. In Lena's apartment, but then, of course, the carpet just got disposed of and it was never tested. So, Mm. I can Mm. see this theory being very plausible. Very, very plausible. What do you think? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Especially, as you said, Sandy, Sandy treated men like a game. Like, she wanted, she if she picked one that she wanted, she was going to go after him. And then once she got him, she kind of got bored. Uh, so I could see it being like, oh, my daughter's going to thinks she's going to go and marry him. I don't think so. And like stepping in, trying to seduce him. Who knows what happened between them? But I'm just I, I could fully see it. Yeah. The yeah, fiance I, wasn't the greatest human being. Right. And I know this because I decided after reading that theory to do a background check. Ah. Oh! <laughs> Oh, <laughs> this is Christmas. This is Christmas for me. So what you well, find? Well, I wasn't going to bring new information. I did. <laughs> so his name is Jason Bryant. Uh, he's currently friends with Brandy on Facebook, which is not my, not just my friend, <laughs> but Lena's sister. Right. So the fact that their friends in any way is weird to me, but Facebook is weird adding sure. people and whatever. Lena disappeared February 14th of 2006. He moved out of the apartment in March. So like he lived there like barely a month and then he left. I don't know his reasoning. Maybe it was weird to be there. Maybe he couldn't afford the rent on his own. Who knows? Sure. He does have... A criminal record. Yes, please. He was arrested for possession of alcohol as while he was a minor multiple times. Uh, again, from based on the story I told, when you're young, things happen. Sure. I mean, I was legal age at the time, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, I guess it's always, le- is it always legal to have your boobs out? I don't know. <laughs> In Canada, it is. In Canada, it is. Fun fact for American listeners, it is legal for women to be topless in Canada. has been since, I believe, sometime in the 90s. That's amazing. I mean, to be fair, I was wearing a bra. Uh, listen, I'm not saying that you weren't. But, but I'm just I'm saying. I'm saying, but if you had wanted to, you you know. So I, I would believe- like to think they weren't called for me then. I'm right, now paranoid also, that they were called for me. 
Oh gosh, I'm so sorry I implanted that in your brain. This is no, terrible. No, anyway, great. yes, no. I also don't think it's necessarily legal in a place of business. I think that on the street, <laughs> sure. it is not yeah. illegal for women to be topless. Like it isn't illegal for men to take their shirts off. Uh, sure. I think that again, no shirt, no shoes, no service does still apply to both <laughs> both situations. Anyway, yeah. continue. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. He had a lot of like speeding and seatbelt violations and drug possession charges. But this was all like leading up to and around the time he was with Lena. Uh, then February 14th, 2017, which I find fascinating that it was like the same day she went missing, but like a decade later, he got arrested for possession of marijuana, which it's like, hmm, maybe somebody, maybe he does it all the time. Or maybe it was like, oh, our memories of Lena forcing you to, you need Haunting to. Haunting you. Yeah, there we go more speeding, more driving without a license. And then the biggest thing I found about him in March of last year, it turns out someone just doesn't like to pay child support. Oh, no. Over 12 months he hadn't paid, and so he was taken to court for it. Deadbeat dad, there you go. Deadbeat. So now, with that in mind, it's like, so now I'm not really surprised when someone's like, oh, by the way, your fiance has gone. And he's just like, oh, well, you win some, you lose some. And then he leaves when his own child, right. he's just like, I'm not going to give a shit if you have money or not. I'm just, if he doesn't, if he, if he isn't going to take the time to give the care for his child, I mean, I should walk that back. I don't know. I assume he's not seeing the child if he's not paying child support it could go either way but maybe he's the best dad in the world but has issues with the mom and refuses to give her money i don't know but it's possible he doesn't see the child so it's just a i'm not saying no to sandy and him hooking up and it becoming a thing but i'm just saying maybe maybe he's just like a shitty human (laughs) Well, listen, none of these charges are like, you know, assault or, uh, you know, carrying a firearm or any kind of violent offense. So if he had had like a few assault charges and stuff like that, that would definitely make me feel like, oh, there's a much larger chance he could be involved in Lena's death. But that also being said, the one thing that, that this paints a picture of for me is, again... I'm not suggesting that people with those charges are automatically murderers at all. I want to make that clear. That's not what I'm saying. But somebody who does have that chip in their brain, that does feel detached from things, that doesn't feel like, you know, I know we don't know the ins and outs Mm -hmm. of the story or his financial situation, but somebody who doesn't necessarily have that drive to care about making sure their children are provided for or that their fiance has just gone missing, again, that all feels to me somebody who and this is somebody again who it's not like he had like a marijuana charge and a, and a drunken public charge and that's it he has right. consistent charges from what you're saying so that also yes. says to me that that is a and here we go oh boy professor ash has put on her thinking cap mm-hmm. um as you know i like to think about the psychology of all these things but 
somebody who like a true narcissist and I'm not talking about we throw that term around people in general I'm not talking about that a true narcissist is somebody who really does not have empathy about other people and it's somebody who believes that they truly are above the law that they really believe that they are so smart so exceptional so whatever that they'll never get caught at whatever they're doing which is why real narcissists are chronic cheaters quite often get embroiled in different arrests for crimes because they really believe that they're better than everybody else. And of course, it's actually rooted in like deep, deep, deep self-hatred. But the point is, is that I do hear some traits here that make me feel like maybe it's potential that this person could have some of those traits, which means they could delve into sociopathy a little bit. Again, I'm just painting a case of, do I think it's possible that he could have had something to do with Lena's disappearance? I think so. And this, while there's nothing concrete, I'm purely speculating. I could see it potentially being possible. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Case closed. (laughs) (laughs) I got to get you a gavel. I was just thinking it would have been really nice to be able to, you know. Misstep on my part. No, not at all. Listen. Who knows? I got a lot of, I've got, we've got my birthday. We've got Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day. <laughs> so many holidays where you could possibly gift me a gavel. Not that I'm yeah. expecting it. Anyway. I mean, not to mention your birthday is technically our anniversary. Because it's That's the right. first, it would have been the first time we met. Although yeah. Christmas is when we got engaged. So. <laughs> <laughs> we have so many anniversaries. And all in that same small window. Oh, and what a what nightmare. The- Right? Yeah. And what better way to commemorate them than a novelty gavel? <laughs> Don't feel like you have to get me a gavel, necessarily. Anyway. Look, I'm writing it down. I'm writing it down. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we got to take a quick break. Go yeah. refill your drink. Hit the loo if you got to. And we'll be right back with more True Crime and Cocktails Fan Theories Volume 1. What's up, everybody? This is Lauren Ash, and I hope you are enjoying this episode of True Crime and Cocktails Unsolved Mysteries Edition. A couple of quick reminders. If you're looking for any of the visuals Christy mentions in this or any of our episodes of the podcast, make sure to follow us at True Crime and Cocktails on Instagram. There she posts a case file with all the relevant visuals for each episode of the show. If that's not enough for you, you want a little bit more? Go to our website, truecrimeandcocktails.com. There, Christy posts extensive virtual case files. This is literally everything she finds in her research. It's a treasure trove of deep dives, and it's all there for your enjoyment. Also on the website, you can find our full unedited Zoom episodes of the show if you'd like to watch rather than listen. And make sure to give us a follow on Facebook at True Crime and Cocktails, Twitter at Not Detectives, and the most important piece of information, if you like the show, please, wherever you listen to it, give us a nice rating. Go on to Apple, leave us a nice review. I know it sounds like a silly cliche, but the truth is it really goes a long way in this crazy podcast world, and your support means the world to us. But enough about all that. Get yourself another drink, sit back, and enjoy the rest of the show. Welcome back to True Crime and Cocktails Unsolved Mysteries Edition. Of course, this is Fan Theories Volume 1. And dear listeners, I need to apologize to you from the bottom of my heart. Halfway through that last bit we were doing, I realized, oh my gosh, I did not ask Christy the question of the night, the question of every episode, which is what are, what are you drinking? I'm so sorry. What are you drinking over there? Well, I decided 
this is the this is gonna because this one airs at the end of the year. Yeah, this is like our last episode of the Hellfire 2020 year. Sure. So I thought, what is a better way to go out than to honor my favorite gal and go with a little uh, crayon sparkle scoop? <gasps> oh my gosh! I love it. The Cran Sparkle Scoot. Yeah. I made, <laughs> and let me tell you, this one is delicious. I didn't measure this time. I just like got sloppy and threw things in and it is <laughs> yes. so good. I have a second one lined up. I used Sprite instead of ginger ale. So, and, and I added a little bit of cherry bitters. So we'll see what happens. I got. Well, s- well, well. Yeah. I got sloppy, but like classy sloppy somehow like socialite sloppy oh yeah yeah oh you're socialite sloppy for sure yeah right now yeah so i can't wait to try it well i am so excited that you are making the scoot again that's very exciting yeah i will also say uh you're gonna love this so uh gosh i keep referencing leslie seiler so much in this episode of the podcast listen anyway friend of the podcast she and a friend of ours aaron conway asked they were doing a fundraiser and they asked uh, if I would make up a cocktail and film Ooh. myself making it to help promote their event. And I was like, this is right up my alley. I wanted to make the scoot, but I was like, I I don't want to. Sure. At that point, the episode, the Hoot Nanny hadn't come out yet. And I was like, I don't want to, to tip the hand of the scoot. Sure. Yeah. So I came up with a slight variation on the scoot, which I Ooh. called the Ash Festive Citrus Sparkler. So Cran... Cranberries, lime juice, a little bit of mint muddled, okay? Yeah. Vodka, then equal parts. Vodka, triple sec, lemonade, ginger ale. Oh. Let me tell you a little something. It was fresh. It was light. It was a delight. So I leave that to you and to you, dear listeners, a little variation on the scoot. Maybe we call that one a scoot scoot. Yeah. I was going to say scootaloot, but yeah, I like a scoot scoot. Yeah. It's a scoot scoot. Yeah. Yeah. And the other reason why I've told you all of that is that I'm drinking something very boring, oh. which is just a glass of white wine. It's delicious. I love it. It makes me very happy. But again, you know, it's not a recipe to share. So I prefer to share a recipe. Right. Well, I have just tasted my second drink and I'm going to, I'm going to warn listeners. I said maybe a Sprite instead of a ginger ale. Yeah. No go. It, wow. Maybe I got like a little too sloppy when I was doing the second one because I it's a per drink thing. So you make it, you shake it, add the drink. Of course. So maybe I just didn't make this one quite right. Or maybe it's the bitters. Maybe well, I'm just not feeling the... There's something about it that I'm like, oh, it's fine. It's not the refreshing joy that I was just having in that first glass. What a shame. Well, what a shame. Listen, that makes my heart sing. And also, I'm sorry. No. Oh, yeah. I think it was the bitters. <laughs> bitters are a very, they're a, they're a tempestuous lover, bitters. I'll say that. Yeah. Is this my first go at doing anything with bitters? Yeah. Was it and? a terrible choice? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, as someone yeah. very wise once said to me, sometimes you got to cross the line to know where it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bitters is the line. <laughs> 
I'm yeah. so sorry. No, it's well. Great. Listen, we're gonna get back into the fan theories. We got so many go to go through. Chris, yeah. do you want to take this one? This one is about our Halloween episode that we did called Twisted Tales. Yes, I had told a story in that episode about when I was about seven years old, and I met this random child I didn't know and followed them to the woods. And then we ended up coming across a fountain that was full of blood and surrounded by dead rats. Now, I yes. know that people are like, I'm sorry, I misheard her. You didn't. Um, if you haven't, if yeah. you're not familiar with the story, go back to Twisted Tales. I believe it's episode six. Yes. And you can hear the full story there. It, it is chilling on every level. Yeah. Uh, we also told this story when we went on uh, Bigfoot Collectors Club. And while we were on there... We, you and I talked about maybe we should go back. We should revisit this place I lived in as a child. We could check out and see if that fountain's still there because it was a question of was the fountain there? Was it something in my brain? Who knows? So we're like, we should go back. This would be great. We're having fun about it. And the guys were like, don't go back. Like, that's a terrible (laughs) idea. It could be calling you back to finish the job. So the idea of going back, we're like, nope, I guess, nope, that seems like a terrible idea. So we got a message uh, from Amber yes, who said, would it be possible to use a drone to go check out the dead rat fountain area? Is that a workaround to you not being allowed to go back? I mean, that's brilliant. <laughs> that is- it's pretty smart. Yeah. Listen, here's my pitch for this documentary. Are you ready? Can't wait. <laughs> We we take a trip there, okay? We don't go near the area. Yeah. We take a trip there. We stay in a hotel. The first three days, we're just hanging out. (laughs) This is not going to be a compelling part of the documentary. It's going to be us probably leaning against each other in the bed, snacking, maybe watching Dr. Phil. Who knows? I assumed Grey's Anatomy, but yes. Uh, Well, we got to listen, equal opportunities for the doctors. Anyway, he's lost me over the years. Don't get me wrong, but that's not the point. (laughs) Anyway, the documentary gets good when we do release the drone and we go over that area. I mean, that would be very compelling film, I think. And also, I think this is a great idea. What do you think? I love the idea of being able to do any road trip with you. I think it'd be great. I think you should be the navigator. I don't I, sure. I I like to I like to draw a map. I just don't know how to follow one. So, well, listen, we also should remember you and yeah. I haven't been on a technical road trip since GPS was inv- 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 yeah. invented. Yeah. Um all, although there was that time that I picked you up to go to Disney and then my my GPS messed up and started directing us to go to my house and then I was like, "Well, this sure. is a nightmare." But anyway, yeah, listen, I'm just saying next summer it sounds like a dream. I love it. A full dream. There's also like a small town in Saskatchewan that has some sort of like paranormal ghost light that I am so scared of doing, but I kind of dream of us doing this, taping ourselves and how like chicken shit we are because I don't know if I could do this, but did you I say like ghost tra- light? I did. What does that mean? Uh, apparently, it's just sometimes when you're in a very certain spot, a light appears 
in what looks like an area where there are like old train tracks, but the train tracks aren't in use anymore. So it's not a train. So it looks like the train is coming? I think so. Oh, God. I'm not suggesting we like stand there in the hope that, you know, watching it come at us. I'm saying we like stand at a reasonable safe distance, watch it from afar, scream if we see it, you know. We'll socially distance from the ghosts. It's for the best. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Well, yeah. listen, Amber, I love that idea. We're going to seriously think about this, all yeah. jokes aside, because I am into it. All right. Our next submission, of course, is about Washington insider murder. And I think the rest of our submissions are about this episode because we got a yeah. lot of theories about this episode. Now, this is, of course, episode 11 of our show. And this was talking about John Jack Wheeler. And to give you a quick re recap, in case you have forgotten about that episode, on December 31st, oh, this is very fitting, Ooh. New Year's Eve 2010, yeah. the body of former White House aide John Wheeler was found at a landfill in Delaware. During their investigation, people were able to retrace some of Wheeler's last steps with the help of security cameras. The last known footage of Wheeler places him in a hotel in Wilmington, but based on where he was found, police believe that Wheeler ended up in a dumpster in Newark. So, very exciting. We've got a lot of theories about this case that we're going to get to. So yeah. the first is from, and are these handles, Christy made this list, are these handles yeah. from Instagram? Uh, yes. Yes, they are. All right. At Jessica says, now I don't know if we should be revealing her last name because it sounds like she has a very important job. All right. Well, we're, maybe we're, we'll have bleeped it. Oh. We'll bleep it. Yeah. And then she can tell us if we could read her name and we were overreacting. <laughs> this listener says, I work for Defense Contract Audit Agency and my team actually audits MITRE. They are a research and development corporation that has 99% government contract work. They are technically not the government as they are an independent contractor, but they are basically fully funded by the government. You lazy... You lazies. Wow. <laughs> you ladies, ladies yeah. sounded a little confused when talking about it. So I just wanted to clarify for you. They do a lot of top secret slash classified work. So there is a chance that John was working on top secret stuff at MITRE when he was found dead. Wowzers. Yeah. My, I think one of my favorite things about doing this podcast is how many people uh, contact us that are like, uh, like just the other day, we had a forensic nurse. We had lovely lady contact us and be like, my husband is like a medical forensic examiner. If you need help, I will put you in touch with him. I love it. He didn't volunteer, but I love that she volunteered him. And that is absolutely something I would do with, uh, you know, forcing my husband into uh, but I just love the amount of people. Like we've had multiple people who are like, I, I'm, I'm a cop. Or like just anybody who has like what we desperately don't, which is like experience and knowledge yeah. <laughs> in these yeah. in these fields. And we we just don't have that. And it's a beautiful thing to see them come forward and be like, what do you need? You need to know about cops? I can tell you about cops. Like it's nice. And the fact that she had such a leap, like a direct thing to the company he worked for when he died that was good it's information amazing. because that episode we did spend a lot of time being because i'm pretty sure i was right out the gate not well 
in that episode, but I kept it together. But it was, I couldn't think of the word of like what that company did. And so right, she was right. We were confused. I'm glad we, uh, it's nice. It's nice to. And listen, to anyone else who's listening who maybe has like, you know, first of all, we want your theories no matter what your job is. Don't ever think otherwise 100% but if you are somebody that has a connection in this way and you want to share this information like I put out an all call <laughs> if you've been a contestant on where in the world is Carmen's Carmen San Diego or a member of Rockapella we want to hear from everybody so yeah. remember theories at truecremencocktails.com I can't remind you of this enough thank you so much dear listener for this submission again I feel like we should protect her name she hasn't told us to but for some reason I'm like I don't want her job compromised not for this not for this. But yes, we so appreciate this because this is, you know, again, I did feel a lot when we were doing that episode, I do feel like I was the person that was not fully convinced that there wasn't some sort of intrigue going on because it yeah. did feel like he was talking about cyber crimes. He did have this kind of like high level security clearance, it seemed like. And now this listener has kind of reiterated that, yes. You know, it's a lot of top secret and classified work. And I do feel like, you know, her saying that she was that there is a great chance that he was working on very classified stuff when he was found dead. That has to be a factor that's taken into this. But of course, you know, the case that's a that's such a head scratcher, obviously. But I think we would be remiss not to focus on a little bit on that. It's like, well. Yeah, it could have been. Was also dealing with stuff that could have put him, made him a target. Yeah. Maybe he learned too much. He knew too much. What have you. So thank you again, dear yeah. listener. Do we want to go on to the next? Sure. Again, I'm going to say it every time I have to say any name. Forgive me if I'm not saying it correctly. This would be uh, at KM Hokey. Yep. This listener says, if he was a consultant... Could the company he was consulting for have had vehicles he could use? Maybe they sent a car and a driver. Also, if he was, if it was simply a psychotic break or an older person struggling with Alzheimer's, why not release the full autopsy? You can't say they're trying to preserve his dignity because of the pictures and the videos that were released. I think this is a great point. Absolutely. And you know what? And I, I thank you, dear listener, because... I think I was trying to get there. But again, we, we don't like pre-script what we're saying on the show. So sometimes there'll be things yeah. that I think of that I forget to bring up. But but you hit on something that I'm so glad you did, which is if it was just, it would be so easy. It would be so easy to write this off as a mental illness issue, his potential Alzheimer's, what have you. Yeah. It would be so easy. So why is the autopsy being kept hidden. And my follow-up question to that is who is keeping it hidden? How? Yeah. And that's not a question, again, this is out of our personal knowledge or jurisdiction. You know, again, if you're somebody who maybe has more knowledge about this, please let us know. Because my question is, how is that information kept hidden? Does his family have the autopsy? Are they allowed to? Or is it so top secret that even they don't know? I mean, usually in these cases, or usually when they don't release an autopsy, it's because there's something in it that can help them, like, pinpoint who it was. So right. it's like, uh, we're not going to release that because we're going to use information from it to catch somebody or 
something along those lines. So that that's why they won't do it because they don't want to compromise their investigation. But it's like, but what could have been found about him that even like a decade later, you won't release it? Well, and also that also feels like they do believe that foul play was involved because yeah. if, you know, what our theory was or what we were leaning towards at, at points was that he was having a manic episode. He was potentially feeling like he was being chased or potentially was being chased. Who knows? He hid in the dumpster for warmth or, or to, just to, to hide himself, etc. If all of that was what we thought it was, then why hide the autopsy? There's really no yeah. reason, truly, unless they believe, unless somebody involved believes that foul play was involved. Yeah. So I'm going to go on record as saying, again, I am the conspiracist, I feel like, of our duo, I, and, and I do feel like there was something else involved. I think it was a combination of things that kind of led to the true mystery about this case, but I don't know. All I'm saying is, these two fan theories have made me feel like my instincts that maybe there was somebody else involved, maybe he knew too much or somebody was after him. I definitely think it was a factor. There, I said it. Yeah, I mean, we we had mentioned maybe it was more like a his bipolar that he has. Maybe it was something along those lines. But I mean, now we're learning he had like top secret information he could have been privy to. He had lost his briefcase, so maybe that had top secret information in it. It's just, there could be a darker reason as to like what happened to him. I still like, I, there's a good reason why this was on the show. Cause. Oh yeah. yeah. It's compelling. Uh, let's get to our next theory though. This yeah. is from at, KCAF0624. KCAF0624. Clearly, he was going on the run. He had a wad of money and was clearly trying to hide from someone. Was it the neighbors? Was it something else? I think he was off his medication, believed someone was after him, and was trying to hide. Maybe he thought the wife was involved, and that's why he abruptly left NYC. I still have so many questions, but I remain convinced that his death was an accident. And the injuries sustained were from the tumble in the dumpster. So a bit of a different take here. Yeah. Now, again, in the episode, you and I definitely had some suspicion about the wife because oh, there was the some wife. stuff there that felt very odd. Yeah. Um, listen, it's so hard to know. Again, the thing that I keep coming back to right now is that the cause of death was blunt force trauma, right? It, yes. We know that it was he had sustained a bad beating and there was speculation that others and ourselves had made that maybe he had those injuries happen as his body was falling from the dumpster right. or perhaps he was crushed as he was you know taken into the garbage truck but I let's for a second I mean again I I am hearing this theory as well where it's like were it was his death an accident or was he put there after a beating like it's just it's such a it's such a mystery. Again, it's such an unsolved mystery, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, I like the idea of there being, like, a specific reason why he had to leave immediately when he did. Because he normally did not leave 
home that early. Like normally the time between Christmas and New Year's, he just kind of got to be at home, hang out with his family. But for some reason he was like, I, oh, I have to go to work. And it was a very quick, right. very sudden thing. So, and forgive me, this isn't the nicest way of saying it, but I love the idea that maybe it was like he was starting to get paranoid about the wife and was like, I've got to get out of here. I need to go somewhere else, somewhere safe, go wherever. And then there was that potential break-in, whether it was real or not, um, that he didn't talk to his wife about. So it's like, did he not say anything to her because he was purposely trying to put distance between them? Well, and that brings us to our next fan theory. Yeah. Okay. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you brought the break, you brought up the break in and, yeah. and that, that seamlessly flows into, into this theory. This one is from rain underscore surfer. I wonder if John was freaking out about his lost, misplaced briefcase when he decided to stage a break-in because who the fuck breaks plates in a sink <laughs> other than someone who wants an easy cleanup? No one staging a break-in would shatter them on the floor because you'd ri run the risk of stepping on shards of glass uh, that you may have failed to clean up properly and spices that seems like a quick and easy cleanup with a wet paper towel. It just all feels odd. As if he tried uh, to cover his tracks about where he lost his briefcase with highly sensitive material. And then in order to keep up the charade, he began to act paranoid about things. Eventually, though, without his meds, he may have slipped again into mania. Now, I could not agree more. The break-in. Like... Yeah, it was, he, like, plates are smashed in the sink, and then there are spices just, like, thrown around, and it's like, yeah, that's fairly, like, if people don't believe me, I can clean that up fairly easily. Like, he didn't destroy anything that couldn't have been easily fixed, or, like, it, it just, it looked like someone did it quickly in anger, or, like, what they think a break-in looks like, as opposed to an actual person in a break-in. And you know what? This theory touches on something that I've been feeling. And I think I voiced this in the episode too, which was, did was there information in that briefcase that say he legitimately, either it was stolen, but let, let's say he legitimately accidentally loses it. Sure. Okay? He's lost the briefcase. There is top secret government information in there, which we know from one of these th fan theories is very plausible. Yeah. That it could have been that he had very classified top secret information in there. He, of course, knows that this is a huge deal, that he's lost this briefcase with this information. I think it's completely plausible that he stages this break-in. Also, which we referenced in the episode that Christy was telling us about, the footprints in the kitchen of the place that was apparently broken into yeah. <laughs> were bare feet. Yeah. So also, first of all, my question for the forensics team is how much of a footprint? <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> how much of a footprint did you have? Mm -hmm. Can you not compare that to his actual feet prints in the autopsy? I do know that fingerprints, of course, are hundred percent unique. Everybody's fingerprints are different. I have heard yeah. that it is the same with your feet, that feet prints are everybody's footprints which sounds ridiculous but much like our fingertips the skin of our feet it is unique 
Sure. So to me, it's like, couldn't you potentially try and match that those were his feet prints in this, you know, crazy disaster area that was created in the kitchen? I think that there is something here. I do feel like my gut is telling me he lost this briefcase. There was stuff in there people were not meant to see. He freaked. What is he going to do? He staged this break-in. He was in his bare feet at the time. And perhaps, yes, perhaps he was not taking his medication. We know that he spent time sleeping in the bottom of the basement of a building, for example. And maybe that is how, through his heightened sense, not related to his mental illness, but through his heightened panic, it triggered some of his mental illness. Especially if he wasn't necessarily getting his regular doses. Of medication. Now, run with me on this. What if, so we, let's say the break-in was a ruse. This is, sure. let's say he lost the briefcase or, oh, or not. We'll get to that thought in a second. Um, Yep. But let's say he loses the briefcase, freaks out, and is like, I am in so much shit. Stages the break-in. So it's like, look, it's not my fault. Someone broke in. They took this stuff, whatever. Is it possible he went to places that he knew had security cameras and like purposely was putting on a show so that when people found it, they would be like, hey, his house was just broken into. We can see this big mess. Look at him. He's acting crazy. Because like at one point he was like looking around for somebody and then he just kept screaming like my briefcase has been stolen as though like it's on I've got a witness I've got a camera I've got all of this proving it so it later on like they're looking for proof it's like look at all these I went to all these places looking for my briefcase I even told this stranger that my briefcase was stolen so that's a thought this is really solid because you know here's the other thing I know that in the episode, they focused on his bipolar, and we obviously talked a lot about his, his bipolar too. But let's also think for a second about this. This is a man who had a extremely impressive career, and yes. he did for multiple decades. So it's clear to me that obviously he had his bipolar under control. We know he was on lithium, etc. So it does feel odd. Now, granted, we we're going to take a different viewpoint. So in the episode that we did before, we talked about the fact that if he had stopped his medicine cold turkey, he could have had worse symptoms of his his mental illness. Let's put that to the side for a second and say the opposite, which is that he kept his medications going, that he was completely clear and cogent throughout this whole time. Mm-hmm. You're right. He could have absolutely staged a lot of this knowing, okay, where can I go where I'll be filmed? Where can I go where there's a paper trail? Where I I am nervous about my safety. I need to be somewhere where I know I'm being filmed. And I'm going to sure. continue this narrative that my briefcase was stolen. I think that, that that's brilliant. And I think that that is completely plausible. Because this was a very intelligent man. Extremely intelligent. We know that from the list of accolades that he had had. Right. Um, that you had listed in the episode. I think that that's a huge possibility. That maybe... Us pinning this on, you know, he was older, he had mental illness, could he be slowing down, whatever. Maybe all of that is us buying into exactly the narrative that he wanted or or perhaps not honoring the fact that 
no, actually, this guy really had it together, and this was all part of a bigger ruse or defense, you know, uh, mechanism of himself. Well, keep that in mind, because this is what crossed my mind earlier. So, yeah, let's say all of that is true from the staged-in break-in on, but the only thing I want to change is the briefcase. What if it wasn't lost or misplaced? What if he had specific information and he was giving it to somebody else? Now we're talking. What if it was like some sort of spy shit where they did? That's why he had to get back to Washington right away because somebody could meet up and do a drop. No one would be around. It was the holidays. (gasps) I'm going to I'm good. Yes. And yeah. What if he had made some deal with somebody to do one of those drops? He gets to the deal and it's not the person that he thought it was or the situation all of a sudden has shifted and he goes, oh, my gosh, what deal have I made with who? I have to try and cover my tracks because I thought that this was one thing and it's something completely different. Look, if I think we need to start like keeping track of all the theories we have in case things get solved and anything that's not the real thing we start a lifetime movie i like it all right this is from stephanie she says longtime listener first time theorist could he have had bipolar with psychotic episodes i work with clients in the mental health community who suffer from psychosis as a part of their bipolar and the things they do and see are unimaginable they truly see and believe in what they believe to be real to me the footage absolutely looks like a man suffering from a psychotic break there is no way a man who had this much military experience and who was working in cybersecurity would be unable to find his car walking around confused with the shoe off and sleeping in a building basement overnight if i had to lock into a theory i'd say he crawled into the dumpster for one reason or another and then he either died of exposure or from the truck lifting into the dumpster. Well, listen, this is this is a great piece of information to add to this too. And I think that this this I appreciate this firsthand knowledge, which is this is somebody who works with some with people who suffer from psychosis as a part of their bipolar. So this is a great kind of insight to have. But she also touches on something we've just been saying, which is it doesn't fully make sense for someone who had this much military experience, who is this intelligent, etc. To just be exhibiting, you know, the behaviors that he was. So, again, yes to this point, it could have been that he was having psychotic episodes. Or it could have been, like we are piecing together, that he knew that that would look that way. Yeah, if he's had, like, he's had bipolar for decades. Or he was diagnosed with it decades ago. So you would think he knows quite a bit about it and he would know what maybe a psychotic break or something along those lines would look like. So it's the question of did he stage it to look that way? And the fact that he his his phone, he didn't have his phone, he didn't have a wallet or anything and it's like did he purposely go without any sort of identification on him? Because of wherever he needed to go. And like he's he had the briefcase. There's video of it. He leaves the train station. He has the briefcase. 
and then it's just gone. So the question is, did he get off the train, go and have like a meet somewhere, and then things uh, things went wrong? Look, I don't think that it's plausible that that briefcase was in their house and that somebody came in, threw a bunch of cumin around, and then took it. I don't buy that. I think that break-in was staged. I think we can all agree on that. That feels like across the board, it doesn't feel real. Yeah. So that to me says yes to your what you just said, which is we saw him with the briefcase when he got off that train in the security camera footage. And then the next thing we know, it's been stolen or missing or whatever. Yeah, it feels to me like there was some sort of exchange of information that he became a part of. My instinct is telling me, given, again, I love going through all these theories because it's making my own wheels turn. Right. He got into this situation and then realized, oh my gosh, what am I doing? These aren't the people that I thought they were. This is a problem. What am I going to do? I have to cover my own ass. I And either he was genuinely afraid and he was potentially killed by whoever, or he went, I have to cover my own ass. I know exactly how to play this. I love these new theories. Yeah. I I love that they spark something else for us. Yeah. You know? I know. That's really exciting. Thank you to everybody who submitted all of those theories. They were fabulous. I do have to say I'm seeing a note on my page here that's saying that now I obviously in this episode referenced that I was trying to think of a fun dumpster story for us to tell about our lives and our relationships. Yeah. And it says here that someone did submit a fun dumpster story. We thought this was impossible. Yeah. We thought that wasn't a thing at all, but we've been proven wrong. <laughs> so uh, I want to hear it. We got. I want to hear it. We got a fun dumpster story from Maggie. Thank you, Maggie. Maggie says, uh, "When I was in my first year of university, I came back to the dorm to find a wilted bouquet of flowers on the floor in front of my door. These things had clearly seen better days. So if it was intended to be a sweet gesture, it certainly wasn't landing. <laughs> so I wandered uh, to the common room to see if any other." dorm mates uh had seen the flowers that were left and as i make my way down the hall i realize i'm not the only person who received a decrepit bouquet they are rotting there are rotting flowers in front of every girl's room by now the others have started arriving back from classes and the other gals and i are trying not to freak out i mean picture it a dorm hallway lined with dead flowers it kind of feels like a threat no uh, then yeah. then one of the dudes from our floor comes in. He's one of those lovable eccentric types, kind of a hippie white dude with dreads who wore the same three tattered band shirts on rotation with a skirt over his pants. He comes in, he spots all of the girls clustered together, breaks into a huge smile and goes, hey, did you guys get my flowers? Turns out the dude had a hobby of dumpster diving for treasure when he noticed a local flower shop tossing out a bunch of, quote, perfectly fine bouquets, he couldn't let the waste stand, so he scooped them up and left them as gifts for all of the girls in the dorms because he thought we deserved something a little special. <laughs> okay, I have so many things to say. Yes. One, yes, this is a fun dumpster story, so thank you, Maggie, because I didn't think it was possible and you've proven it is. Here's my next thought. This reminds me of an outdoor cat who brings part of a bat home as a gift. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like, I found this. Like, yeah. And, and I can't fault the guy 
for the intention, but I will say that, you know, I I do feel like <laughs> it seems very uh, cis-hetero male to not know <laughs> that flowers are alive or dead. There, I said it. Yeah. You know? It also... These are fine! Yeah. I can see Aww. the bash out. These are fine! They look fine! This will be nice! And it's like, they're dead. Yeah. There's also something about dudes that would so, like, not think of that might be... That might be misconstrued as creepy. Because yeah. how many things do dudes see that they're like, oh, yeah, that's fine. And whereas women are like, oh, no, that's not right. <laughs> you know, like, because yeah. it's all about mm-hmm. your perception and what uh, viewpoint you have. So I I love that we've been proven wrong about dumpster stories. Yes. I love that this one seemed like it was going a dark way, but then like circled back to, uh, it was just like a lovable oaf. You know, like lovable oaf. It was like exactly. Shaggy from the Scooby Doo gang. Like that's the kind of crap he would pull. Totally. So totally. Yeah. The other thing I will say is that as somebody who I can't have flowers in my home because my cat eats them and then immediately barfs Ugh. inevitably on something nice. Yeah. So if I get flowers, which I I love and are lovely, I do keep them in a bathroom with the door closed so then the cat can't get to them sure what happens sometimes when i do that though is i forget that they're in there and then it's like like you open the door and it's like it's a you get hit with a wall of stench Mm -hmm. it's a thick it's almost like a fog of smell do you know (laughs) you know what i mean like it's not pleasant and i just have this vision of this gentleman who bless his heart was like i can give these to some girls and make their days and not only are they all dead, which looks weird, but also I, I have a feeling that the the smell was not the best. Oh, I, I feel like that could be true. I also yeah. feel like if this had happened to me when I was in my early 20s, I guarantee my reaction would have been, aww. <laughs> like, well, I truly believe that at that point I would have been like, oh, oh, that's sweet. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have had that moment of like the the one I'm having now of like oh oh I wouldn't I wouldn't care for that. You know? Listen, I hear you. And I think about this a lot. You know, I think about and we all live and we all learn, you know, but I think that sometimes the things that we thought when we in our youth were appropriate or okay or charming, we learn later in life. No. No. No, not great. Don't go topless at the bar. Yeah, <laughs> I can't say it yeah, because no, I I love it, so I can't condemn no, it. It's fine. Is the truth? It's fine. That's just the truth. Yeah. Listen, thank you to all of our listeners who submitted their fan theories. We loved this so very much, and the truth is, is that we just had so many that we've tried to narrow it down. So next week is going to be fan theories volume two. So make sure you stay tuned for that because we've got lots more of these theories coming your way. And I also want to tease that we're going to actually record that next episode right now, which means that our level of drunkenness can only go up from here. So if you think that we're feeling loose, we're a little, we're a little loose in the lips right now, (laughs) buckle up because guess what? It's only going to get worse next week. Your drunk girl is one of my favorite things (laughs) in the world. Like it gives me, 
so much joy because like I can hear it in my head even when you're not saying it and you always do that very adorable like scoot into the microphone oh my yeah god. oh my god I live for it live for it bless you well listen if you have a theory if this has spawned any new theories for you if you have a theory about a case that we have not mentioned in this episode email us theories at truecrimeandcocktails.com if you're involved in police work forensics <laughs> top secret government information we also want to hear from you rockapella the list goes on and on theories at truecrimeandcocktails.com we are so looking forward to hearing from you if you haven't already give us a follow on instagram at truecrimeandcocktails on facebook at truecrimeandcocktails on twitter at not detectives and visit our website truecrimeandcocktails.com where we've got all kinds of things, including the unedited Zoom, the unedited Zoom <laughs> versions of the show. Again, you're really going to want to look forward to next week's episode because that's the, where we're starting. Yeah. That's yep. the, the, the lower rung of what's happening. It's going to be a great time. It's going to be a great time. Uh, Christy, do you have anything else you want to add before we sign off for the night? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> she looks so thoughtful. I was like, she's got something good. She's got something, not at all. No. Great. No. Totally misread it. Great. No, because <laughs> I am I might have, but you like teased Rockapella there. So in my head, I'm like, where in the world is Carmen San Diego? You know, like that's, <laughs> that's where my yeah. brain is going. So right now they're doing the full thing in my head. So I can't wait. Well, she sings around the world from Beijing to Carolina. Isn't that part of it? Uh, Kiev to Carolina, but yes. Damn it. I know. It's Is the- Carolina a place? It's like north or south? I think you're supposed to. I don't know if. Shouldn't he- it be the Carolinas? Probably. I tried looking up the lyrics once, but it's just. <laughs> it's a little too fast for me. <laughs> This, it's not a karaoke well, option. I'm yeah, hearing you. I'm yeah. hearing this you. This comes from the woman that was obsessed with Eminem for a while. And that sure. was okay for me. And I mean, I like Dre. Oh, Dre. Like, I can't. I can't get into my 90s uh, rap R&B artist phase. Sure. But like, sure. Nate D-O-double-G. I can't. I can't get into this. <laughs> Little Salt and Pepper was on the radio earlier. I was singing along like it's I can't be stopped again this is where we're going to start in the next one so can't wait listen dear listeners we love all of you so very much (laughs) thank you for being members of our true crew and we look forward to seeing you very shortly a week from when you're listening to this potentially but for us mere minutes from now when we bring you (laughs) true crime and cocktails unsolved mysteries fan theories volume two good night everybody bye bye